Hi, and welcome to our Learn to Meditate audio series. We want you to know that we are very honoured that you are taking the time to listen to these classes. We know your time is precious, and we want to offer you our deepest gratitude and respect presenting these classes to you. Class 9, Constructing Heaven Goals In Class 9, you will understand heaven on earth and look for opportunities to experience it. When we contemplate our spiritual journey from darkness to light, not only is there a sense of us leaving our negativities, our fear, anxieties, anger and doubt, and aligning ourselves with our love, wisdom, peace and joy, but also there is a feeling of a weight gradually being removed as though in some way we are becoming lighter, more free. As we release ourselves from the outer constructs of ourselves, what naturally radiates from the inmost recesses of our existence is the lightness and freedom and joy of the real, the kingdom of heaven within us, that defines our true and eternal nature. Is it not also uncanny the fact that when we are in the dark we feel ourselves imprisoned, enslaved, that even though our conditioning usually paints freedom as the ability to have any material or physical need immediately fulfilled, the reality of the darkness is that far from freeing, it enchains us. This darkness or weight might be conceived as the weight of attachment to the world and physical and material desires, and it is removed by the seeker becoming aware of the spiritual realities of our journey. We have no choice but to progress. There is one very important dynamic to all of this, one cosmic rule. We must evolve, we simply must. That is what this journey is about. We have no choice but to progress. This is crucial for as we have said before, we cannot progress by staying the same. Often, our common hope is for everything to stay unchanged. We know what has come in the past. We hope to have a degree of safety by keeping all of our experiences within the realm of what has been experienced before. As you know, this is impossible simply because we must evolve. Even if we perform the exact same action a hundred times straight after one another, we will still find that each moment is different from the last, that the flow of revelation and life lessons remains unabated and indeed largely unattached to the actions that we are performing. Herodotus has said, Upon those who step into the same rivers, different and again different waters flow. In the way we live our lives, it may seem that there are parallel universes inside of us, one that is negotiating the day-to-day struggles of fate on the surface of our lives, and another that is solely focused on our evolving spiritual journey, on making sure that we are cognizant of the lessons of our soul and the heaven within us. You may find that thinking about it like this polarization of universes may be helpful in increasing our mindfulness of our spiritual journey but ultimately there is a very natural state that simply allows our spiritual urgings to be the centre of our experience, and our so-called outer life radiates from this. Having said that, it is crucial to be aware of the very few ways the spiritual revelations and lessons of our soul are communicated to us. The most important method is in the intuitive revelations we feel in meditative moments. The second avenue is via our spiritual dreams. Finally, the only other way is by way of the events of our lives, the coincidences and lessons we discern from the daily experiences of fate. Do you see where this is leading? If we are not conscious of our meditative moments, 
if we do not listen to the lessons of our dreams, then there is only one other option for us to progress, and that is through the circumstances of our lives. Imagine what follows if we do not recognise the lessons as they appear in the daily to and fro of fate. There is only one thing that can happen, and that is for the circumstances to become more and more extreme until the lessons they are offering are so obvious and so confronting we have no choice but to discover them, albeit often very slowly and painfully. Can you imagine how this works in terms of the journey from darkness to light? When we are in darkness, it seems we have absolutely no control, but our life is a roller coaster of one extreme circumstance to the next. We might wonder what we've done to deserve the things that happen to us, as though every day is a fight with fate. Probably start the day with fear of what is going to happen today, and feel that our lives are something that we have to summon up every gram of our strength just to cope with. Conversely, can you imagine that someone living in the light is able to consciously accelerate their progress? They are intentionally living in the moment, aware of the opportunity for lessons and revelations in every second, listening to their dreams and meditations, and easily and blissfully rolling along on top of fate. People in light have no fear, for no event or circumstance can remove them from their conscious awareness at every moment of the infinite heaven within. The removal of fear from one's life is the most powerful catalyst that can be offered to the seeker's spiritual life, as fear is the absolute antithesis of love. To be put plainly, fear creates hell. Love reveals heaven. Creating Heaven Over the course of the classes, we have been saying that the kingdom of heaven is here, now, and it is for us to open ourselves to our own pure revelation of that reality inside of our own hearts. But for a moment, imagine creating a perfect heaven yourself, a place that people came to learn and grow and evolve, a place where they would learn about and experience their real infinite and eternal nature. Imagine creating a place where your children could evolve as fast as possible. You might need to create some basic laws. The first might be that everyone has to progress, however slowly. Those that really are very slow will be cajoled and perhaps even forced to make the leaps they need to progress while those consciously trying to be good students will be empowered and inspired to travel at an accelerated pace, with a full measure of encouragement and perhaps often a full measure of help. The next act to create balance might be as simple as every action creates a reaction, that whatever you give, you get in return. You might like to entertain the idea of a final law, where although you do not wish to distract your children from their major task, you still want them to have fun and be a little spoilt though you might decree that whatever they want they get, and it is for them to choose. Obviously, from your perspective, it would seem logical that if they wanted something from the dark, you make it considerably harder to obtain than the natural flow of gifts from the light of heaven. But to get the things they want, they might have to imagine the thing they want and focus on that, and eventually it would become a reality. In a perfect heaven, it would seem logical that the consciousness of your children would directly reflect upon their feelings of well-being perhaps even a method of communicating what they were doing wrong would help. But above all, they should be loved, infinitely and unconditionally, and have the capacity to connect to that love and feel the way it connects all souls. Finally, you might create a few methods of communicating your lessons. An inner intuitive voice might be the most obvious. Perhaps night dreams where the seeker could be guided through virtual reality lifetimes and truths revealed. To end with, you might connect the events of every moment in your heaven as a kind of theatre of coincidence where no event happens for no reason and where everything perfectly reflects consciousness. 
Do you see how this heaven is on our earth? Everyone must progress. Whatever you give, you get in return. Love empowers and unites. There are many communication methods, and everything naturally becomes easier. There is a lesson here that knowledge is learned and changes, while truth and wisdom are revealed and constant. Meditation is the key to this revelation of truth. For this exercise, I'd like you to imagine yourself walking alone in a desert. You are alone, but not lonely. As this walking seems more of a contemplation, this desert, a place to remove yourself from the distractions of the world. After a time, you find yourself at a crossroad, and you are immediately aware that this crossroad has three options. You feel in your heart that these options represent your destiny, and each path a different possible future. You feel as though it is possible to walk down any of the paths and return as you choose, and you feel compelled to try them all. Off to the left is your lowest possible future. It is defined by your inability to focus on your spiritual aspirations and your ignorance of the inner promptings and intuitive learnings of your heart. Take two or three steps down this path, imagining with each step a month is passing. See yourself falling into this possible future. And imagine how you might be feeling. Imagine how your life would be unfolding. You might see the confusion and unhappiness, even depression, that might arise from not being in touch with yourself. When you are ready, return to the crossroad and step straight ahead down your middle possible future. With each step, you might find that your spiritual endeavors are important to you, but they are often neglected, put to the bottom of the pile underneath the day-to-day -day struggles of our busy lives. Every so often, you'll commit to something of spiritual significance in your life, but find that perhaps because of lack of time or commitment, we do not follow through. You are, however, somehow making progress, and you find yourself gradually evolving. When you're ready, return to the crossroad. And finally, take a few steps and keep walking down the path of your highest possible future. Down this path, you have had the solid realization that your spiritual life is the most important thing in your life. You have seen that if you allow your heart to be the center of your being, directing your mind, body and emotions, you make solid progress. You are infinitely happier within yourself and you progress the fastest. Look into the future six months, one year, five years. Imagine what sort of person you would be in five years' time, having meditated daily from today and lived your highest possible future. You'll be healthier, having learned to hurl negative thought patterns from your consciousness. 
You will be peaceful and self-assured, confident in yourself and your ability to make major life decisions by consulting your own deepest, inmost nature. You'll be amazing yourself with your own creativity in music or art or poetry. And you'll find that you are able to intuitively understand people so much better. And rather than competing with them, you might be feeling as though they are a participant in you. You'll have discovered a clear life purpose. Imagine how much clarity and satisfaction that will reveal in your life. And then having seen who you might be in five years, step ten or twenty years into the future, and see how you might feel about yourself then. Having meditated for twenty years, I would like you to imagine how you might meditate then. Imagine the thoughts you would allow in your consciousness. You will have transformed all the hate or anger in your life. Depression or unhappiness will be words from a very long time ago that you might have trouble even imagining. Sit there 20 years in the future and meditate as you might. When you are ready to finish, consider one last thing. The only major difference between you now and you having lived your highest possible future for the last 20 years and meditated every day for 20 years is the thoughts that you allow into your state of mind. Resolve right now to stay in this consciousness and use this moment as the starting point for the rest of your spiritual life.